Welcome to the Shut Up Show. This is the Brave Solopreneurs Podcast, helping you shut up and make shit happen. Inside every episode, you'll hear raw and uncensored conversations with amazing entrepreneurs and thought leaders who bring their best work every day despite being scared shitless. You'll gain mindset strategies on how to brave through your fears, tactical advice to help you define your shut up moment, and impact-driven tips inspiring you to live and work on your own terms. I am your host and chief shut-upper of Making Shit Happen, Bernie Shum. Now, on to today's episode. <laughs> okay. Yes. Yes, and we are. I know. I'm like... Are we are we tuned into the right station is what the community is saying right now. But yes, <laughs> you are tuned into the right station. We are back for another awesome edition of the Shut Up Show. And I'm Bernie Shung, your host. Um, I'm having kind of a bad hair day, but it actually ended up being a good hair day because after trying to do all this stuff to it, I eventually just ended up doing a little bit of this. And here we go. So those of you who have been following along for a few weeks and actually months now, you know that I'm in this in-between stage with growing my hair out. And I just told our guest before we hit record that I was having a bad day. And I'm like, oh, wait a second. It actually is working out. So sometimes you never know. Things do work out for the best. But talk about braving through fear of having bad hair for our show today. That is the end of the conversation about my hair. We're going to actually feature my awesome and amazing guest today. I met her a couple of months ago through mutual friends that we have, but specifically Carlton Taylor, who will also be on the Shut Up Show soon. But without further ado, I'm so happy and blessed to be able to have Megan Pangan join us today from Love and Entrepreneurship. Hello, Megan. Say hello. Hi. I'm really glad to be here, Bernie. Thank you so much for having me. Oh my gosh, the pleasure is all mine. As you said about me when I joined your show, I'm going to say the same thing here. The coolest thing about being able to bring on people that I handpick is that we get to have these awesome conversations just like we were having it without the camera, you know, without the fancy professional microphone, without this whole setup, because I would be having a conversation like this with people like you anyway. So thank you for joining us. I think the most important thing that people need to be reminded if they haven't seen a Shut Up Show episode yet is the whole goal of this show when I started it more than 18 months ago is that I wanted to create a platform where other entrepreneurs like me who feel scared shitless on your lone island every single day could have a place where it's like, oh, you're thinking that too. Like, oh, you worry still too. You're just as scared as I am. Awesome. Let's let's figure this out together. Let's find the mindset strategies to work through this. And let's help each other out to brave through this and get to the other side. Because what ends up being on the other side is so magical and so beautiful. But we just have to stay in the game long enough. So I thought of you as somebody who'd be perfect to come on and have a conversation with us to talk about what moments did you have, Megan, that were where you were um, gripped with fear, you had so much doubt, but yet somehow you charged through it and you were able to get on the other side and now you've got your own awesome podcast and you're doing some big shit in the world as well, which we'll talk about in a bit. But with that, thank you again for being here. Let's start by building the foundation. Let's tell everybody about who you are and what you do in this lovely world today. 
Oh, thank you. Yeah, um, you were just describing my whole like journey for the last year and a half because I was so afraid and I didn't realize I didn't realize it was fear that was gripping me, that was keeping me back. I didn't know it was this fear of X, Y, and Z. And what I do is I talk about couples in business, and it has evolved pretty um, haphazardly over the last, you know, two years actually. Uh, just trying to figure out what I wanted to do in this space. I knew I wanted to be an online entrepreneur and I just had to get the hell out of my corporate job. I was like, I do not want to do this anymore. It scares me to shit to think about like if I have to stay here and become my boss. And so I didn't even have a plan. I just basically jumped over to the other side of online entrepreneurship. I had, you know, my inspirations like David Simon Garland, uh, Pat Flynn, Tim Ferriss. And I was like, let's do it, whatever. <laughs> but I didn't know. I didn't know that it was fear that was holding me back from actually figuring out who I was, who I wanted to be in the space. Until now, and it's kind of it's kind of crazy that you asked me to be on the show now because now I finally figured out. Oh, I there are other people who are struggling with that thing. They didn't know quite what it was, just like me. But there was a weird thing that just kind of kept me going, and what kind of kept me going was blogging about this stuff about being a couple in business just makes me a freaking better human being I have to do it like you said I was just listening to you uh, before we went live and you're like you know what I do this not for the numbers not for the logistics I do it because I love it and I don't care about the freaking numbers I have to do it there is no other choice and that's I was like oh that is so good because that's exactly <laughs> how I feel yes about I have one viewer for my Shin Kicking Mondays. <laughs> yes. <laughs> no, I was like, oh my God, that is me. Because I was talking to uh, Navid and I was talking to Jared Easley and they were like, oh, you know, we figured out how to get more downloads and stuff like that. I was like, okay, cool. Um, I don't really care. <laughs> I mean, it's, like, it's funny that you're asking me to like, you know, join you in getting more downloads and stuff, like doing this experiment. And then uh, I was like, yeah, I don't... I don't really care. I don't do it for the number. You know, if I did it for the number, then I would, I don't know what that would make me. I have to do it. I have to talk about being a couple in business because otherwise I wouldn't become who I, who I want to be in my partnership, in our business together. Um, and that is so crucial to me. That's so important to me. Um, but yeah, the biggest thing was like realizing that I am, I'm not the only one starting off doing this thing. And why didn't I go out and ask people? to help me out or be like, hey, I don't know crap, can you help me out? And <laughs> right. I didn't know that that was something that I could do. I didn't even, I wasn't even aware of that. And now I am, like now I'm so about building relationships and, and networking with purpose um, and, and from a place of authenticity, not just to be like, oh, this guy's going to help me out in the future. Like I don't, I'm so transcending that. Like I don't want networking to be that type of term when I talk to people about why I network it's because I actually like this person I actually like you Bernie like <laughs> we could be friends if you weren't in uh, in Wisconsin right so like that I think that's the kind of thing that I'm kind of realizing and I was such a anti-social mother you know because like <laughs> 
Well, I think, well, I mean, I have I have a few questions, but I'll hold off on them. You talked about your corporate job before, but mm. you didn't tell us what you did. So maybe oh. that might kind of lend to this part of the conversation, right? This whole sure, sure. being antisocial, maybe a little introverted. <laughs> so, what were you doing before this work, Megan? What, it wasn't that I was like, people are bad. It was just like uh, I was a um, an inspector in hazmat. So what I would do is go to small businesses, big businesses, and see if they were complying to the regulations of hazmat, um, you know, handling and operating and, and stuff like that. And that was pretty social, actually. And I, that's where I kind of started to build my social skills, people skills, because I was very, very... Um, lonerish in high school, in college, and stuff like that. That's because that's how I am, and I'm I'm a super introvert. Like I'm a gamer. You just lock me away in a room with like my things, and I'm good, you know. But that doesn't work, <laughs> doesn't work in, <laughs> in the, the real, real world. world. <laughs> so uh, <laughs> with that job, I I learned how to like you know uh, talk to people, talk to people about their businesses and stuff like that. But I didn't like checking in, and I hated the fact that you had to go through this system of red tape especially within corporate, especially within government. There's just so much crap that you have to go through to get stuff done. And I was like, this is so inefficient. I'm going to blow my brains out because there's so many things that I could see that could change within this within this thing that I do. And it was never going to happen because you have to go through all of these hoops. And and at that time, I was reading like four-hour uh, work week by Tim Ferriss, of course. What else? What else? <laughs> what else would make me go into uh, entrepreneurship? And um, I was like, oh, my God, I'm so angry. This is so inefficient. I quit. And that's that, that was it. And now I'm here, like two and a half years later. Oh, it's like two years. I guess it's like two years. I quit in 2012. Um, now I'm here talking about basically my life <laughs> and how I'm improving it, being a couple in a business, you know, running another business. Um, so yeah, that's what I did before. How cool is that? I mean, and here's another, I, I guess, feedback that comes out of what you just said. And I'll come back to the two questions I had before. But don't you find it pretty interesting, Megan, that you know sometimes a thing that we've been doing for a very long time and then we leave it to do something else, somehow the lessons that we learn from that or maybe the, the expertise that we gain in that actually lends to the work that you do now and it almost makes you even better at the oh, work yeah. you do now because of what you did before so you probably talked about efficiencies you probably talked about like regulations and doing your due diligence to understand you know different yeah, things <laughs> I, sound, I, I, know, I made myself sound really smart but mm. I just shot up right there for a second <laughs> <laughs> no that, but, that was just the language that's like uh, right, right. So, so, so the, thing, the thing at the time was these are the things that probably made you feel a little handcuffed in the work you did but these are probably the things that you became really good at or maybe you naturally were really good at that you can still incorporate into the work that you do now as an entrepreneur and still be successful at what you do now I mean and real quick example I mean for me I started out in sales and like customer service and I vowed to never get back in sales again after mm -hmm. I leapt from that corporate job to become an entrepreneur slash you know life coach and <laughs> all I do is selling and marketing right so so thank goodness yeah. that I had that experience because I think that helped me to um, ramp up a little bit faster maybe then had I never had the sales or marketing or even the business experience prior to that so have you found that your past experience as a hazmat specialist has helped you to do some of the work you do today 
I think so, definitely. It it helped me get out of my shell and just like when I had to go say, you know, inspect somebody, I have to go to the the business owner and be like, hey, how's it going? Um, you know, what you doing? What where's your compliance? Where's this? Where's that? And you can't just say that robotically. Like I, <laughs> Right. be personable and pretty soon by the time I left um, actually physically going out and inspecting people because I was doing other things too um, after that uh, by the time I left I was known throughout the different small business owners as oh Megan yeah she's cool because she shoots the shit with me and she like you know asked me how my business and goes she cares about me and I was like yeah, I mean, I want to make it exciting for myself too. Like, I gotta be there. I gotta drive out. Shoot, I'm bored as hell. Like, let's shoot the shit. Let's talk a little bit. Let's build a relationship, right? And so that definitely helped me, um, kind of like just give me a hint of what was gonna come later on. I didn't know that. I actually reverted back. I didn't. I didn't. You know, when I first started out, like I told you, for a couple, um, for like a year and a half, whatever. I was very like. I didn't want to reach out. <laughs> but then I made that realization like, oh, that's not how it works. You need to be, you know, this thing that can attract good. You need to be, you know, network. You need to be friendly. You need to socialize and stuff like that. You need to come out of your shell and just be more of yourself. And that's why I was already doing that, you know, in the hazmat world and when I was inspecting people. And that really worked. People really liked that. And it made me a better person too because I could talk and be myself and do my job well and, and build relationships at the same time. So yeah, definitely. And I definitely don't regret my time there. I've made some very long-lasting, great friendships while I was there. I was just, I couldn't do that as my work. It's this right now. It's having this conversation with you that is the work that gives me purpose and that makes me like wake up hella early and be super okay with that because the day is going to be awesome. Because yeah moments like this, you know what I mean? So I love it. And you know, you're you're one of the first handful of people that I've met in the past six years that I've been um, doing the coaching and the entrepreneuring um, that actually talks about being a couple in entrepreneurship, which I think is totally cool and unique. So um, share with us here, what's the genesis for love and entrepreneurship? So the very first time I quit my job, well, when I quit my job the very first time, um, I was telling my, my husband about it. And we're not technically married, but I, for all intents and purposes, I call him husband because that's what I want. I want a husband, so I say husband. So um, <laughs> side note, I was telling him that. And he's like, yeah, you know what? You could quit your job if you're really unhappy. And, you know, it was affecting our relationship. Because I was unhappy with my job, I would bring all that negative shit home and just, like, everywhere you know and I would be ice and it was it was definitely affecting who I was and if I couldn't be who I was then you know we're not gonna have a happy relationship so he saw that and he said okay you know what I can support us with our wedding photography business while you figure it out at the time we didn't realize the weight of that statement because it put a lot of pressure on him to be like okay I'm the sole earner for this partnership until you figure it out which is when I don't know, right? <laughs> and I'm like, I don't know. I'm figuring it out. Like it's so hard to have that this this time frame where you're not you're not pulling in money like you used to to contribute into the relationship. And for the longest time we weren't saying that to each other and it was so heartbreaking and all the while we were slowly crumbling and that was breaking my heart a little bit because I knew that this was the man I wanted to marry. That was it. You know, I'm very like, I'm very commitment um, minded, and when I'm in it, I'm in it. So 
uh, that scared me a little bit because I didn't know how to come back from that. And the biggest reason why I didn't know was because I had a lot of ego and a lot of pride, and so did he. And when we finally, it was a process, it was a process of just letting that go and having conversations over and over and again and truly saying what we meant <laughs> because we could say, yeah, I'm fine or yeah, I support you or yeah, I'm, I'm okay, you know. But underneath it all, we, we still were afraid to say what we really wanted to say because of assumptions, because of fear. And um, a big reason, a big hump that we got over, which was last year, was kept my, my husband would say, you know, I was, I never felt okay to, to tell you my side of things because I was afraid you were going to leave me. And that broke my heart because that meant that I had set up an atmosphere or a relationship that wasn't safe. So it was my way of the highway. Like, what am I? A tyrant? A boss? No, I want to be a leader for us in the same way that I want him to be a leader for us so that we can lead and follow, you know, as we need to, as a team, as a couple. And we just had to, like, get over ourselves, you know, again and again and again and again in all these little things like finance, communication, um, being intimate, being when it's go time, when it's, you know, this and that. And there's so many components to being a couple. And then being a couple in a business, running a business. And then being a couple in a business, and then you start your own thing, which is nothing. And so there's, there's again, that thing. We were like, he's established. He's got it down. He has a, a time for dollars business. You know what the product is. Mine is like, I talk about love and shit. <laughs> what the, you know he's like how, how are you gonna make money from that I was like I don't know but I'm gonna figure it out when we didn't even have that conversation I was so afraid to be like I don't know I'm gonna figure it out trust me I was afraid to say that too uh, but now we're, we're so far from that now which is amazing which is why I'm so um, happy uh, because now he acknowledges what I do and actually says hey your business is different. He actually says your business. That he he didn't say that before. And I was like, oh, <laughs> <laughs> it's real now. <laughs> it's real now. And it's not that I needed his validation. It was the fact that he was on board now, which just gave me even more fuel. I guess you know, all throughout that time, I had to be unbreakable. And there were a lot of moments where I was like, he doesn't get it. I can't go to him. He doesn't speak the language. And that scared me because this was the man I was supposed to again spend the rest of my life with and you can't have that mess I ain't gonna get time for that when like your partner doesn't believe in you like that is soul crushing and you need to have like something that can bring you bring you through that which was I don't know I think just talking about it going on podcasts and making relationships that's what brought me through it I try to figure out why did why were we able to keep going like what made me keep going I don't know I think because I like this stuff you know you know making these kinds of you know relationships and having having somebody to talk to you about it and finally opening up um, but yeah that's where that came from so that's that's, that's where it. it all came from I, I love this conversation and I didn't, I didn't expect you to share that much but I'm glad you did because I think we would have taken the conversation there with the follow-up questions that I had mm. and, and the one that I really want you to elaborate on because I think this is what people are kind of waiting 
for. They want they want to hear answers to this, but we often don't say this, you know, openly in public for other people to hear. But now that you've gotten over that hump, right? That whole yeah. I'm afraid to speak my mind, I'm afraid to be authentic, I'm afraid to be completely honest because he might leave me or as he thought she might leave me. Mm-hmm. What do you think the root of that cause was? What do you think that actual thing was that you were really afraid of that if you did this then that would happen for you. I don't. I know you can't speak for Kevin, but what about you? Yeah. What well, do you I, think that was? Let's see. Mm. For for him or for me, I think that um, it's that it's so it's so kind of heartbreaking because if I like th- this was my fear. Like if I didn't make this business successful, which meant um, successful to my husband means dollars. And I had to communicate that there are more facets to the word success and he needs to understand that because this thing that I'm doing doesn't do that, doesn't do that right away. Uh, Maybe, you know, that is the plan in the future, but there's a lot of foundation, there's a lot of climbing to do in the beginning. I'm up for the climb. I had to ask him, are you... Are you willing to support me when I'm climbing? And are you willing to understand the why behind everything? And I think the I think he was able to understand the why and all of that stuff because we were able to incorporate the things that I'm doing right now to be seen, to build the brand, to figure myself out too. Like I'm still trying to figure out uh, and developing the the online presence that I want to show, and it's more just being more of yourself. But you know, you have to kind of dig away at the layers that you've kind of caked on over the years. Um, we're incorporating these ideas into the business that we already have that is already established, and so he can see the proof, which now does not have to be dollars anymore in in online transparency, um, personal branding. And things like that. So he's seeing other facets of this word success, and and that for him is is the proof that makes it okay to to do this type of work uh, without you know without these other you know expectations of will this be successful or not or am I wasting my time with this girl? <laughs> and uh, it's just funny because he you know he's so willing to just support me. He's like, if it comes down to that, you know, he'll, he will just support me. But that makes me feel like a freeloader. <laughs> and he, and when I, you know, um, I didn't say those words, but like, I, I want to be there for him in, in the fact that I am also contributing to this relationship. You know, not 50-50 per se, but I'm giving the best of all that I have. Which, right. you know, when, when I said that to him, you know, that's enough. That's enough right. for us. So... It depends on every relationship, on how you know how you kind of fill the gaps for each other, and that's how we do it for now. Of course, I want to make that you know I want to bring the financial back into the equation on my side, but a lot of it is climbing right now, and he's okay with that. And it and that came from just being really, really straight up, having a lot of conversations, really long ones too, mm-hmm. and really vulnerable ones, really scary ones. Where it's like, these are my hopes and dreams. These are my ambitions. And shit, man. Like, I'm really scared telling you this right now. But, like, um, this is it. 
And I think that vulnerability um, shown to him made him, I think, believe in me more. Because I was able to say all that with like tears running down my face and stuff like that. Um, and so he could see my authenticity, you know, that I'm not just dicking around on, on yeah. the net and stuff like that. I'm doing it with purpose. And we can use this stuff. It's not like, you know, it's all theoretical, you know, it's, it's proven. So, yeah. I love your response, Megan, you know, because I know you and I, we did talk quite a bit about other stuff um, on your podcast, but I know we didn't really dive deep here, but the really cool thing about this, where this conversation is going, is this is something I've been talking about for years now. Um, I'm not in a relationship, as you know, but uh, for me, the, the relationship was my family, right? So my family seeing me be the successful, you know, corporate sales girl who was very independent, very self-sufficient, always lived away, always did her own thing. They didn't really know what I was doing in my life. And then to see within the past few years, me downsizing eight times, right? And moving every single time, selling things, getting rid of things, throwing things away, removing things, not having the same circle of friends anymore, moving completely out of the city that I grew up in, you know, for 20 years, to go somewhere else and to do something else. And as they saw all of these changes, um, you know, I won't say who, but there were, there were many of them in my family who worried. And like you said with, uh, with the relationship, I mean, with the uh, conversations you had with Kevin, it, it was always cryptic though, right? We never really said what we wanted to say. We kind of said it either backhandedly or passive aggressively or just <laughs> under our breath, right? And so, like you and Kevin, when when my family and I got to this place where we actually had the real conversations we wanted to had, then we finally understood both sides of the spectrum. For me, it was, like you said, no, I'm not dicking around. This computer stuff, this internet stuff, this phone stuff, this me being in the house all day stuff is the way I work, but I am working. And yeah. the other side of it, they were they just wanted to make sure that I was serious and that I wasn't first of all that I wasn't depressed that I wasn't suicidal right <laughs> that right I mean it was it's weird but they thought I was or and that I was completely serious about what I was doing and it wasn't just a fad or a phase that I was going through and after 6 plus years it took pretty much that long for them to go oh she's serious like wow. this is for real you know wow. yeah yeah, I mean, because honestly, it wasn't until literally less than 12 months ago that pretty much all of my family members were finally on board, where they were kind of like, oh, I'm not going to tell you to go look for a job anymore, you know, uh -huh. or oh, I'm not going to yeah. tell other people that I don't know what you do because I'm uncomfortable to have that conversation. And, <laughs> <laughs> you know, and last year was about year six, you know, I'm, I'm in about six and a half years now, and I'm like, thank God, <laughs> it's about time, you know, but... But, but my whole point in sharing this with you is I, I, I'm led to believe, Megan, that this happens more often than not with us you know, entrepreneurs or people who have unconventional type of jobs or roles. And it, it's until we have those tough conversations and we're truly honest with the people that we care about and vice versa that we can finally be on the same page and understand there's nothing to worry about anymore. I believe in you even more now, and I trust even more now that you have the ability to see it through and to make it through because you've come this far. Yeah. So, so that being said, <laughs> I know it's kind of like a long, long piece of feedback there, but, but no, that no, being said, um, I think kind of back to the, one of the first things that you were saying when you left your job, 
what does compel you to do this work? I know we talked a little bit about, well, I didn't want to be doing this anymore, right? But, but what is compelling you to have this insatiable hunger to do the work that you do today? What's fueling you? I love being at home and building this home. I have this thing, this kind of like dream, this kind of vision that drives me, and it's this incredible home home and family feeling and I come from a background where I was home all the time and I didn't mind at all okay <laughs> like I didn't go out I didn't club I didn't party I'd never really dated or anything like that and that was fine because I had my family and my sister I always had like one friend in school and that was fine like I'm fine with that but um, that that feeling that that feeling of of family and of home really drives me and so i love the fact that i can work from home that was that was like rule number 1 when i when i quit the job it was like rule number 1 i want to work from home i want to wake up hella early not to go not to go to a job but like to just do stuff for myself or you know just wake up and have like three cups of coffee just because and then go to work or whatever or you know skip all that and work out or skip all that and just sit on YouTube and watch some videos I don't know whatever so working from home and then secondly um, it, it wasn't this before but what it's turned into is that blogging about this documenting my everyday feelings about my relationship what I'm doing in business the people that I'm meeting um, that excites me. I've always documented my life before, like we'll, you know, go on a family vacation and I'll, I would create little iMovies for us just to watch because I'm, you know, because I was like a nerd and I, you know, was kind of savvy with the uh, tech stuff. And so I like documenting things and creating scrapbooks and stuff like that. So it's like, this is my, <laughs> this is my big ass scrapbook, you know, MeganPangan.com. It's just a scrapbook. And like, uh, that really drives me because I, I like doing that stuff. I like putting it together and then looking back on it and be like, oh my God, you're so retarded. And then I look <laughs> at myself. And then, <laughs> and then um, it keeps me accountable to being better, um, especially in my relationship. I think, um, being in a relationship you learn the most about yourself it's the place where you can develop yourself the most is when you're in a relationship sometimes um, you can definitely re develop yourself when you're single for sure but you're pushed you know what I mean like you there's certain things where you're like your certain certain buttons are pushed that are wouldn't be pushed when you were single and that's like okay crowding you know living with somebody else or um, somebody not picking up after themselves, somebody not emptying the dishwasher, uh, stuff like that. You know? First world problems. First world problems. <laughs> <laughs> and like, how do you deal with that, right? And then, you know, on the more serious side, how do you develop yourself and keep your individual individuality when you are with somebody? How do you maintain your individuality? Because you start to mirror each other and reflect each other when you're with somebody for so long. And how do you maintain your own ambition and stuff like that? And Because um, for a while, I followed him. I was like a follower. I'm like the perfect follower ever. Like I will adapt to everything that you do. I'll read you very, very carefully and almost anticipate your next move because that's how great of a follower I am. <laughs> because, you know, but, uh, you know, how do I overcome that within my partnership and be my own person and stuff like that? And, and all of that is documented on the blog and that is why I do it. And it just makes me better. I see it. You know, I see how I'm how far I've come from even three months ago 
and three months before that. And it's so much more faster because I'm impatient as hell. So like if things can move, I'm like, sweet. If I'm becoming a better person faster, I'm like, dope. I love it. I love it that you ended your your statement with, you know, if you could become a better person faster because when I left my corporate sales job, I didn't say it at the time, but I, I, I find myself saying a lot now, but mm. I didn't like who I was in my sales job. Right? I didn't. I really didn't. And I blamed the job. I blamed the managers. I blamed everything else. But the reality was it wasn't for me. It might be for somebody else, but it wasn't for me. I didn't like who I was. And when I decided to choose uh, life coaching and motivational speaking as my next career, I fell in love with that because in the process of learning how to become a better coach and how to become a better speaker and in general a better entrepreneur because I had no idea that was the biggest thing I was going to have to learn of the three, right? Um, I became a better person in the process and I have fallen in love with becoming a better person. And like you, what fuels me every single day to do this work, as you heard me say on my Shin Kicking Mondays episode, is... I can't not do this. Like it, mm -hmm. it's in me. It's I'm fueled by it. I wake up with it telling me it's time to get to work, Bernie. It's time to write. It's time to help. It's time to do whatever it is that has to do with my business, which is typically helping people, you know, to brave through fear. And so I totally get what you're saying. I totally get what you're saying that it. I might not have the best plan right now to monetize, right? Let's say if we're yeah. talking a podcast, or I might not have the best program put together where I can make smart passive income yet, mm. right? Or whatever other thing is that we're waiting to do to reach that next milestone of success. But Megan, I like what you said before about the conversation you had with Kevin where you said we needed to have a discussion about redefining what success means to us as a couple. Because yeah. the moment you guys decided, here's the new definition of what success means, you guys were both on the same page with that definition, and then there were no more assumptions to be made about what it means to contribute, or, mm -hmm. or what it means to be the successful one in the relationship, or like you said, I'm putting in 50-50. 50-50 of what? You know, yeah, there's no 50-50. Right. It doesn't have to be a dollar amount. It can be, right? It can yeah. be, but we're also talking about emotional, mental, intellectual, physical, right? Spiritual, yes. all the other elements too, not just financial. Yes. Um, so that being said, I don't, I don't really have, you know, a question to follow up on that. I mean, I, I do have one more question before we wrap up, but um, I guess the most important thing for me to understand is what is the greatest lesson that you have learned so far? I know you said you've been at this about two years now, mm -hmm. um, and within the last three months, things have been really moving along. You've been learning quite a bit. You've been transforming a lot from the inside out. What would you say the biggest and best lesson is that you've learned in the two years that you've been an entrepreneur, Megan? Oh, man, there's too many. <laughs> um, Lord, Lord, Lord. I think the biggest lesson for me was there's, there's never a degree to where I can be my most vulnerable and have that be something... Uh, to shy away from. So, to put it in other words, like I, the more that I am myself um, in the space of entrepreneurship and meeting people, um, because meeting people and, and networking and stuff like that is very, very tied into, you know, how successful, <laughs> successful your business is going to be because um, 
like I was afraid, I think, of being myself and uncovering and finding out who I really was because there was a lot of crap that it kind of, like I said, caked on to me uh, that I had learned throughout corporate, throughout past relationships, um, from being really antisocial for a while. And there's all these things that kind of just were bogging down on me. And I feel like this year is a lot of like shedding those layers and recovering again. It's not somebody that I'm becoming. It's more just um, uncovering. Like it's been there. It's been there. I just, you know, I hushed it or I thought it was stupid or I thought she was stupid and dumb and naive. And so I put her away, you know, and um, that's what I feel like. It's more it's more shedding of those layers and like being my most vulnerable self and have and not being afraid of that. Like um, like it's OK. And when I made that realization where like, oh, I can be. You know, I can be a jarhead, and that's okay too. Like, I I don't know anything, <laughs> but this is being really like, you know, uh, detached from these expectations that I used to have of myself, and then blowing those whatever expectations out of the water because, um, you know, I just did it anyway. You know, regardless of the outcome. Um, so yeah, in, in a I weird. <laughs> Sorry if that didn't make sense, but that's it. Totally did. It totally did. I mean, I would sum it up as: don't follow best practices. Just be and just do. Just do. Yeah. It's so. Um, it's so. It's so funny how simple it is, right? <laughs> you like make it really complicated in your head, and you get really bogged down with a lot of the uh, expectations and self beliefs, uh, self limiting beliefs that you have about yourself, and then just let it go. <laughs> Like, sure, let that stuff come in because you kind of have to validate all of your emotions. You know, fear is a very valid emotion. You should feel it. You should feel it right down to your core and then just be like, well, keep going anyway. <laughs> <laughs> well, speaking of fear, we've gotten mm. to the magic question of the hour. Mm. You ready for it? <laughs> okay, so speaking of fear, what are you afraid of right now? Hmm. I am afraid of not listening to myself because I've, I'm so in the habit of listening to others. Like I said, I'm the best follower ever. Like it's new to me to be leading, to be in a, in a position of leadership. And when I held my first event like two weeks ago or whatever, like that was so surreal. <laughs> Because I've never been in that position ever where I'm hosting something or leading people in discussion or, or stuff like that. And, and I did that because I didn't listen to anybody during that time. I was just like, I want to do something cool. And I just did it. And then it turned out to be a success, I thought, on a lot of levels. I failed on some other levels, which was fine because I, I already code the word fail in my brain as lesson. So I'm like, I'll, I'll just use that, you know, because it's funnier. <laughs> I'm like, yeah, I had a lot of fails, but like, whatever. Um, but yeah, I'm afraid that sometimes I I won't listen to myself, and I'll hush that, you know, that person away sometimes. And I have a very easy habit of doing that because I'm I've done it so many times in the past, and it's gotten to me a lot of really really sticky situations. Uh, so that's what I'm afraid of because a lot of things are changing right now, and it's very easy to take on other people's. Um, opinions of your business and the direction that you should be going and uh, you know even people like my husband or really really close friends they have a lot of opinions and I have to realize that that's all they are and that 
running this business, running my life has to has to come intrinsically, has to come from my own heart. And that's hard sometimes because there's a lot of noise. You know, there's a lot of noise in the air and they're all sometimes really valid, you know, noises, you know, the the noise of your husband or the noise of your your life partner or whatever. And you want to be considerate but still move from a place from from your heart, from your own motivations, I guess. So, yeah, I'm afraid of that sometimes. That's awesome. And it's so interesting because you talk about how you've been af afraid for so long to kind of like let your authenticity come out and that you've followed people for some time, but you've been one of the most vulnerable people I've ever had on the show, by the way. And I've talked to more than 100 people. So. Yay! The most vulnerable award goes to me. <laughs> I said one of the most. Oh, okay. Well, I, had, okay yeah. I, had, I had James Altucher on the show and oh, nobody James can top James good. Altucher. I know. Okay. He's so funny, though. <laughs> He's so, so anyway. funny when he's vulnerable. He's, he just reacts <laughs> on himself. I'm like, oh. I think we need a whole new word for vulnerable for James. I know. I, mean, I think, there's like, yeah, we just need. You just have to say he, he just did a James Altucher, and we all know what that means. Oh, but yeah, anyway. Yeah. <laughs> but anyway. <laughs> no, I, pre I appreciate uh, the honesty and vulnerability, and I think some of the, the challenges with finding the right guest for the show, Megan, is that some of the people who are successful who I could have on the show aren't necessarily fit for the show mm -hmm. because not everybody is necessarily comfortable with being vulnerable publicly yeah. and openly like this, especially live, right, on, on oh, Google sure. Hangouts. So, so yeah. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Um, mm -hmm. I think it really means a lot to those who are watching because of this. I think we have the tendency to want to model after people who we want to be like, but mm -hmm. if, if the gap is, is too great, Right? If we feel like this person's on a pedestal and there's no way we can reach that, then I think that that, that role model ship can only go so far. But to have a role model like you, someone who is in the trenches right now, who's still scared right now, who just admitted her fears right now, and she's working through it, and you're here working through it with us, I think it makes it that much more resonating and, and relevant for people who can go, okay, I see that she's going through that. I respect her even more, and you know what? Now I feel like I have the ability to get through that crap even more. So, oh, that's great. So, so thank you for that, and, and I, I know that that's the reason why I continue to do this show and why I continue to do the work I do for these people because of that very thing I just said. Um, so most important thing before we let you go today is please share with us what you are working on right now and how everybody can find you and your awesome work. Mm, okay, right now I'm just creating a lot of videos about being a couple in business. I like that, creating a lot of videos. Uh, you can find that over at MeganPangan.com. Um, I also have a YouTube channel, which I'm slowly building up uh, viewership and stuff like that. Uh, what's coming later on this year, and I'm being, I'm holding myself accountable because I haven't really like announced it or anything, but there will be um, a live event for couples in business later on this year. <sighs> Okay, so, so <laughs> now, so now it's it. real. <laughs> now I got to do it because I was like, mm, I don't know. <laughs> now it's going to um, happen. <laughs> yeah, uh, for couples in business. As so later on this year, I haven't okay. decided a date or anything. So just um, stay tuned at your website for that then. Yeah, and you can find me at MeganPangan.com. So, Bernie, thank you so much for having me. I think what you're doing is amazing. Your message really touches me. I love listening to you. Um, it always just like mm, hits me inside. 
Even the hyena cackle laugh that I do. <laughs> I don't really get that. Okay, I do. Get that? Yeah, I do. Believe me. Now you're gonna listen for it every time no, you watch. Yeah, me. well, yeah, you point it out to me. I'm like, where is it? Where is the hyena cackle? <laughs> Uh, <laughs> no, but, but but I absolutely appreciate you too, so thank you for saying that. And again, we have to thank Carlton Taylor for that. He is so awesome yeah. at going, you know what, you two need to connect is exactly what he said. And I completely get why. Because even though, you know, we do something slightly different, it's all the same at the core of, of the matter. And that is, we want to help other people who are going through some of the same struggles that we are. And we happen to be entrepreneurs, and we happen to be podcasters, and we happen to be people who love helping other people. And I think that the more and more we realize that there are so many of us out there, we won't feel so alone on our lone island, right? Mm -hmm. So thank you again for, you know, joining the Shut Up Show. We're so excited to have you. And again, guys, go check her out. She's awesome. I've been on her podcast, but she's had a bunch of other awesome people on there. Again, that's MeganPangan.com. That's M-E-G-A-N-P-A-N-G-A-N.com. So you. check you guys out next week. Peace. <laughs> thank you. Peace out. <laughs> Thank you for joining us for another episode of The Shut Up Show. The Shut Up Show is sponsored by The Amazing Cells. That's S-E-L-Z dot com. Seriously simple selling. Get instant access to download a free copy of our 18-page ebook, The Solopreneur's Guide for Shutting Up and Making Shit Happen. Simply go to our website at theshutupshow.com slash subscribe and join other brave entrepreneurs who are shutting up and making shit happen. If you believe in the Shut Up Show and this platform has helped you shut up and make shit happen, please head on over to iTunes. Search for the Shut Up Show in the podcast section and leave us an honest star rating and review. Your feedback will help us to gauge what we're doing well and where we need to continue to improve. The ratings and reviews help us to continue to bring on amazing sponsors like Cells so that we can deliver weekly episodes to you for free. So your feedback does matter. Thank you for helping us and supporting us.